0: Chill of winters in the air, the cattle. This newborn king too small for crown
1: Hey everyone, Merry Christmas. Hey, join join us in singing. Would you stand up? We're going to worship the Lord with one voice tonight. We're going to proclaim His name and sing out. Come on. the earth. lift your voice and sing. The first Noah, the angel did say, was to serve His blood Mankind
2: Everybody, yeah, it's good to be with you guys. Can I just tell you one thing? Yeah, we can th- we can celebrate. Come on, people. Wait, the church needs to celebrate more. I'm convinced. And I'll tell you this: we have something to celebrate. We've been given a gift, amen. That gift is Jesus. And the world is more than complicated. The more the world is more than dark, and we've got a gift, and we're here to celebrate Jesus Christ. We're here to worship Jesus our king who came to seek and save the lost and said, you know, when the angel talked to Joseph, he said his name will be Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. Like this is the truth. So let let us let's make a holy ruckus. Whether we're online or we're here in the hot we're here in the church, like let's make a holy ruckus because we've got a gift and let's celebrate that. So I'm just glad you guys are here. You can have a seat. I just want to share with you a few things um you know, one uh, we 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 have a, the birthday gift to Jesus, and um, the birthday gift to Jesus is something that we we do every year here at Crossroads. And so what we do is we we raise money, we set a goal, and we raise money to to give to missionaries locally, nationally, and internationally. And so our goal this year is ninety thousand dollars, and it's just, it's exciting truly to see the the progress. And so the progress right now is sixty eight thousand two seventy. Yeah. So I commend you for your faithfulness. Continue to just pray about your part and how you can make Jesus the number one priority this Christmas season. And also, I just want to share with you... um... You know, as as you give, uh, you can uh, give online through the mail or there's boxes on the wall and just, you know, the postmark um, for ending your giving uh, December 31st. So thank you for giving, and it's exciting. It really is exciting to see that thermometer go up. You can see it in the lobby, and it's on the screen. And, and so you can, um, you can check out more information. I know some of you are, are new to the birthday gift of Jesus. So if you go to our website, you can see on the front page more information on the birthday gift of Jesus. I also want to let you know that this Saturday, the, the 27th, uh, we will not be having our Saturday night service. Uh, we're, uh, we will be seeing you on Sunday. And so for kids, it's Pajama Day. Now remember, I said kids for Pajama Day. So we look forward to seeing you all on Sunday. And so I just want to let you guys know some of that information. So I'm glad you guys are here. We're looking forward to a wonderful night as we as we raise the house for the Lord. So let's, uh, let's pray as we continue on. Jesus, we uh, we exalt you. We lift you up. We're so thankful. And I, I just think about what the angel said to Joseph. His name will be Jesus, and he will save the people from their sins. And I think about we are those people. Uh, whether we're watching online, we're here in the building, we are those people that Jesus came to save. It was a, it was a rescue mission. Came as a baby born into a a glorified food trough and lord this this baby is is our king he is our savior king and so lord as we gather on this christmas eve and as we celebrate christmas we as as followers of you jesus we have so much to celebrate and lord our world needs to see christians following jesus celebrating the fact that they have a gift And so lord as we sit here tonight we celebrate that we have a gift. And that is Jesus Christ. Lord, be with us this evening. Grow our hearts. Make us more like yourself. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you that you are God, Emmanuel. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Angels we- Come.
3: In sin and error pining, the shadows are conspiring, but a light is coming. The Lord has been quiet for four centuries. The prophets are gone. There are no signs to see. It's silent, but let me tell you something. A voice is coming. The patriarchs are long dead. The judges were traded for a bunch of crowned heads. This monarchy, though, consistently failed and misled. No system is working. But there's a new king coming. Man's dead in religion. Legalism reigns ceremonial acts which are just simply profane the law is not working but a new covenant is coming the people are defiling the rituals God is despising even the priests are compromising and the sin offerings they're worthless sacrificing oh but get ready because a lamb is coming the temple is a den of thieves a brood of vipers are the Pharisees saying too for the sadducees they don't even know there's a new high priest coming the nations are suffering evil is chuckling and the faithful are left wondering does God even care Oh, let me tell you something. Emmanuel is coming. God's people desire a glorious king. The world is yearning for eternity. A perfect sacrifice each soul desperately needs. It's a silent night. But hope is in sight. A most precious gift God is bestowing. The Bethlehem star begins glowing. Let the good news start growing. A baby is coming.
4: Christmas to you. Wasn't a great day, huh? Thank God. Let's thank God. Wow, I'll tell you. But uh, I want to thank all of our music team. They've been here all day with me, and they have one more to go. Can we thank God for our music family here? We appreciate them. And uh, and I'll give you a little secret. If you don't know Kyle and Lindsay, Kyle and Lindsay are a husband and wife team. I was trying to get them to stand next to each other, but they were all the way up. No, I'm just kidding, all right? God bless Kyle Lindsay, man. We thank you. Oh, holy night. Good, good night. Man, I, I'm so thankful. We have a great team that's serving up here all day and all, all year long. We're so thankful for what God's doing here at the church. And uh, here we are Christmas Eve. Can you believe we made it this far in 2020? Like, everybody's ready for 2020 to be put away, right? We're going to put a lid on it, and we're going to close it up, and we're going to try it again, right? So we're, to, we're not even going to try 20 again. We're going to right to 21, right? We're just jumping. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to encourage you, Christmas is all about hope. And when we hear the message of Jesus, it's all about hope. Jesus came that you might have life. That's been our theme for the month of December here. It's a wonderful life we've been talking about, and I've been showing movie clips from the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. How many have watched the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, a lot of you, all right? And a lot of you have told me that they never watched it until we started talking about it in church. And then everybody's going out and watching it. So uh, It's a Wonderful Life was a movie. It was made in 1946. And I want you to know that in 1946, it was a box office flop. It didn't go anywhere. Nobody wanted to see the movie. It was it was a disaster. Uh, the, the company that produced it went out of business. Everybody lost money. And uh, as a matter of fact, they thought it was such a bad movie that nobody bothered to renew the copyright t- to it. And so that is a free domain movie. That's why whenever I put these clips online, nobody flags it because it's a free copyrighted movie. All right. So uh, and it became real popular in the 70s whenever they needed some filler time. And so it was free. They didn't have to pay for it. They put it on, and they would air this thing. And it became known as America's number one Christmas movie. So don't you love It's a Wonderful Life, huh? Yeah, go ahead, Vanessa. I love it. Yeah, just, let's cheer that on. And listen, the reason that you like it, because it starts out and it shows some realities of life, and then it shows a really happy ending. And I think we all like happy endings. And so uh, George Bailey was a man who, uh, who, who faced tragedy, faced a lot of debt. He was $8,000 in debt. Can you imagine that? Okay, today's standard is like 80,000 or 100,000, but he was in, he was in a massive amount of debt, and so he's uh, he's ready to just take a bridge, and uh, as he's ready to take a bridge, the fictitious character, okay, this is just a made-up movie, but Clarence comes along, and uh, he takes him and shows him, well, you know, he, George says, I wish I would have never been born. And so he takes him around and shows him what life would have been like had he not been born. And, and so he comes to the point where he says, hey, I want to live again. And so that's what we talked about Sunday. And so today I want to pick up, and I want to show you this final clip. It's the punchline of the movie. Um, George Bailey has gathered around. He said he basically said, I want to live. I'm so happy to live, and I can't wait. You know, I'm so thankful for this old drafty house. You know, he complained about it, hated it before. Now he's very thankful for it. He goes over to uh, the police are there to arrest him because he can't pay his bill. And he let all these people down. And so he's like, hey, I'm happy. I'm going to get arrested, but I'm alive. And so he goes through all this. And then all these people come back and they start to give him some money to pay this debt because he was a big impact in the community. I want you to watch this final clip from It's a Wonderful Life.
5: worth it, Bill. I'd get a husband. Thank you. There you are, George. I got oh. the pack of the a bit. Here's some beautiful. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have a roof over my head if <laughs> it wasn't for you, George. Quiet. Just a minute. Just a minute. Quiet, everybody. Quiet, everybody.
1: Quiet. quiet, quiet. Now, get this. It's from London. Oh. Mr. Gower Cable, you need cash? Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Hee yeah. oh. haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. <laughs>
4: Oh,
5: Harry, how about your
1: banquet in
4: New York? Oh, I left right in the middle of it. As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast. To my big brother, George, the richest man in town. Oh! From a very dear friend
5: of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right.
4: That's right. At a point, Clarence. Don't you just love happy endings? I mean, it just makes you feel so good. You, you just watch that, you got a tear running down your face after you watched two and a half hours of that movie, and, and it, it's just like this wonderful thing. But what you saw, you saw was despair, and then you saw hope. And we are living in the world today, folks, that sees despair, do we not? Like, I think everybody is looking for the wonderful life everybody's hoping that all of a sudden it's a wonderful life is going to happen and, and the end of this, you know, this pandemic, the end of 2020, the end of all of our problems. But I'm going to take you to some realities today. Uh, when you come to Christmas, you know, quite often when we think about Christmas, we think of a pristine little world. And t- 2020, as bad as it was, I want to tell you that there's been a lot other bad years and there's going to be a lot of other bad years coming. And I'm not a doomsday prophet. You know, I'm not like, hey, you know, this is the end of the world. I'm just telling you, listen, these were challenges that we faced this year, and there will be new challenges next year and the year after and the year after. And if you go back and you look through history, you will see there were challenges on top of challenges on top of challenges. And as you look at the Christmas story, I'm reminded of a story of despair and hope. And you all think of the story of hope because you look at the manger and it looks like a Hallmark card. It looks so pretty. You know, Mary is sitting there and they always put a glow around Mary. Did you ever notice that? And, and, and the shepherds, even the shepherds look good, you know. And, and they have all these people that are just looking just perfect. And, uh, you know, but the reality is the shepherds were smelly. They were stinky. I mean, they're out working with sheep all day. And And, and as you go through this, I want you to catch this because Mary... Had hard times, Joseph, everybody, all the characters that were involved in the Christmas story they didn 't start out saying hey it 's a wonderful life let me do, let me take it to the to the christmas story i'd just like to read to you this is Luke chapter two, and every year I, I like to read this to you I read this at home on Christmas morning to my family, Luke chapter two verse one says this, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Corinius was governing Syria. You know, Luke was a doctor. Luke gave us the, the details. He 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 gives us an account. If you go back and read Luke chapter one, he tells you in Luke chapter one, I, Luke, have gone through and I have interviewed all the eyewitnesses and I have compiled this record so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ so that you may believe who he is. This is eyewitness compilation, okay? That's why he gives you details. In this year, this census took place. You can go back and you can trace these events in in history. Um, So all these, verse 3, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee and out of Nazareth, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and of the lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And so we read the first Christmas. And as you look at it, that's where we get our homework picture. And we get this manger, and, and I have this manger. We put it on the on the floor in our living room. It's right by the fireplace there. and and every night we sit there and we look at this thing, and, and it reminds us of the reason that we have Christmas is this, Jesus came to this earth. But what we forgot as we look at it is it wasn't a hallmark story, it wasn't just another feel good, it wasn't just a happy ending. There was a whole lot that happened there. First of all, I want you to know that these people weren't saying it's a wonderful life, they weren't saying Merry Christmas. There was nothing merry about the first Christmas. They were uh, they they were challenged by the first Christmas. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a few thoughts about four, four different characters in this story today, okay? First of all, Mary. Mary, she was confused and worried. Um, everything that she had to deal with. Could you imagine you're 14 or 18, somewhere between 14 and 18 years old, and she, she is told by an angel that she's going to have a baby. Now, now, I just want you to think about that. Are there any 14-year-old girls in here? Mom, what would you do if your daughter come home and told you that? Hey, Mom, I'm pregnant, and uh, it's God's. How could she tell her own mother, let alone Joseph, right? She is, she is betrothed to be married. This betrothal, the closest that we understand in our culture is engagement, but it was a little bit more than engagement. It was a legal engagement. It was a, it was a legal documented act. And you signed into this, and you were going to be engaged. you were betrothed, and you were in a waiting period it 's like the waiting f- period before the consummation, and then the marriage actually happened. So you had this this legal period, and there was no physical relationship during that legal period, and if you got pregnant during that, it was frowned upon, it was out of wedlock type of thing and and so Mary is confused and she 's worried. look why she 's confused. I want you to see this Luke chapter one verse twenty eight having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one the lord is with you blessed are you among women and we always pause right there and say wow look she's she's so blessed by god but when she saw him verse 29 when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and she considered what kind of statement is this what kind of greeting is this she was confused She was disturbed. Uh, The the word that's used there, it it means perplexed. It means anxious, uh, completely shaken. She was troubled. So she was, this wasn't just like, hey, a little shaken. She was completely troubled, and and you would be too. Uh, what, What about Joseph? I want you to think about Joseph. What was Joseph experiencing? Joseph was hurt. He was brokenhearted. I mean, Joseph, now think about this. Joseph gets the news. Before he has this encounter with an angel, he, he gets the news from Mary that, hey, I'm going to have a baby. It's not yours. It's God's. And he's thinking she's delusional. He's thinking, what's wrong with you, Mary? And, and so he, what would you do? I want you husbands out there. I want you to think about this. If uh, if that were you, you were engaged. And, and as you're in that waiting period to get married, your fiancé comes to you and says, well, you know what? I... I, I I was talking to this angel. His name is Gabriel. He'd be like, huh? You better be talking to somebody else. You ain't talking to me. And so this is what happened. Joseph was hurt. He was broken. And, uh, and so look at this here. You think about this. Joseph felt betrayed. He felt lied to. He felt like he was a fool. He felt cheated. He felt embarrassed. He didn't know what to say to all of his friends. You know, can imagine telling his friends, my girlfriend... Well, my fiance, she's pregnant, but we haven't had relationship yet, and, but it's God, so don't worry about it. Um, no, he's, he's tip, he is terribly broken. Uh, look at verse 19, Matthew 1:19. Check this out. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was not wanting to make her a public example. He was minded to put her away privately secretly he said listen i'm not he could have made a big stink legally he had every right this could have been under the law he had so much rights to cause trouble here as a matter of fact he could have had her put to death but he chose not to and he said i'm at this point he's going to just quietly put her away why because he's broken he's overwhelmed he's hurt the, the shepherds. I want you to consider the shepherds. What about the shepherds? You know, we, we hear all this wonderful talk about the shepherds. The shepherds, they were scared to death. Read that with me. The shepherds were scared to death. They were absolutely scared to death. They, they, uh, they Look at here at verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were, in the same country, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So a shepherd would be out there. He'd know his normal routine, and he's counting his sheep, and... And he knows what the sky would look like. He knows everything. I mean, it's just a normal routine. If, if you were up here and you come up here on this hill, I kind of know what, the, what, the, what it looks like up on this hill. I've been up here enough time over the last 30 years. I can tell you what normal lights and what normal is not up here. But in, in that day, they were all of a sudden, they knew what wasn't normal. Because verse 9, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what does it say? They were greatly afraid. Like, we read over this because we get to the next verse so fast, but they were afraid. They were petrified. The, 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 uh, the original word there is the same word we get phobia from. They were so fearful it was ridiculous. I mean, they, they, this, this caught them off guard. They're, they're not saying, hey, you know, uh, touched by an angel tonight. They've never seen an angel. They're scared to death. Um, the wise men. The wise men. You know, you hear about the wise men. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the wise men. Uh, they came and they were tired. They were exhausted. They 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 were just worn out. And I want you to think about this because the wise men came uh, from. Look here, Matthew chapter two, verse one says, "Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem." So the wise men came to Jerusalem. They, they, they came from the east. The east was Babylon. The, uh, if you go back in the book of Daniel, you'll see that Daniel studied and he knew, knew, knew how to help the, the king. But before they came the king to, the, to Daniel to help the king, they went to the wise men. This was the same wise men of that group of people from Persia, from Babylon. It was roughly 2,000 kilometers, okay? Uh, on the map, it would look like about 1,000, but probably by the travel, by the way you would get there, it would be about 2,000 miles, uh, 2,000 kilometers. And so as you look at that, you say, wow, how did you do that on a camel? You do that over several months. And you're following a star. You're not following a star at daytime. You're following a star at night. So they're traveling by night. They're making their move. And and man, some scholars think it took them up to two years. And there's, there's reason for that. As you look in the Scripture, you'll see it says that the, whenever Herod was trying to get rid of all those two years and under, it's because it took them two years to get there. That's when Herod figured this thing out. And so he, he's made this journey. So at minimum, it's a six-month journey. At max, it's 2 years journey. And either way, they are exhausted. And could you imagine going day in and day out? You're riding this camel. You're through the desert. And, you know, where's the star going to take us today? What's, you know, what, what's happening by the way, have you heard about the, the Bethlehem star this year? Did anybody go out and try to look for it on Monday? Yeah? You can't find it in Pittsburgh because it's always cloudy. Alright? You can't find it. Uh, me and my neighbor, Philip, he's here tonight. Philip was out looking. We were looking. We're like, yep, good Pittsburgh sky again. No, no, no star here. Alright? But listen, the star of Bethlehem guided them and, and people have asked me, hey, do you think that's how God did it? I'll tell you what, God does all kinds of miracles in the Bible, and I don't know how he did it, but I'll tell you what, he did it. And so whether it was these two planets aligning, I think it was a little bit more powerful than that, because I've seen some people post a picture of it, I'm like, that wouldn't cause me to go follow nothing. Um, these these were wise men. These were people that knew the skies. These were people that knew that this did not. They know that these were not normal events in the sky. They were astronomers, and they know. Hey, every so many years, this would happen. These things happen. So when the star of Bethlehem, when that star took them to Bethlehem, it was something new, and God did something powerful for them. But they were tired. You could imagine. We don't even know what we're going to find. We're going to go. Find this king, and they had they had an obscure prophecy on it, and they didn't understand it all. So they 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 had to be tired. They were exhausted. Do you feel like any of those today? I mean, 2020 has been the year on record. Do you feel tired? I mean, right there alone, that that got me right there. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Do, do you feel uh, broken? Do you feel troubled? I mean, Mary, look at how, how she was troubled. Look look at Joseph. Uh, do, do you feel hurt? Maybe you've had a rough year. It's been a, a relationally rough year. Uh, many people have gone through the roughest relational year ever because everybody's working from home. And they've had to learn how to be around each other more than they've ever been. They've had to learn how to homeschool. They've had to learn how to know school. They've learned how to do everything and I'll tell you what, we are tired, we're worn out, we're broken, we're hurt, we're exhausted. We have all these things that are mounting up on us. And, and I'll tell you what, even as the pastor of the church, I want to tell you, this was a hard year. Everything I did, you go forward, you go backwards, and oh, uh, 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 it's like, okay, we're closed the church, we open the church. We're kind of open, we're kind of closed, we're kind of this, kind of that. And listen, I want to tell you, I know that you're hurting, you're, you're tired. Many of us are joining online tonight, and I want to thank you for joining us online. Uh, but, and I know you're tired, and you, you can't wait for this to be over. You can't wait to regather with us. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to regather with you. I've been I was saying hello to a few people. You know, when, when we're singing the opening songs, I try to jump on there and say hello because, man, I care about you. My heart's breaking. This whole world is so broken right now. And so that's the way it was for the first Christmas. It was a broken world. As a matter of fact, you read the the, the Christmas carols. They all talk about darkness and God coming in the darkness and his light shining. His light makes a difference. You hear so many songs about light, so many songs about joy. God comes and he imparts to human hearts. This is what he does. He comes and does this. And so we are in the same type of a world that it was in the days of Jesus. It was dark. And God showed up. And, folks, I want to tell you what God wants us to do. It's what each person in the Christmas story did is to look up. God wants you to look up. Would you say that with me? God wants you to look up. Say it again. God wants you to look up. All right, so God wants you to look up. Uh, You know what? George Bailey in the story of It's a Wonderful Life, that's what Clarence did. Clarence said, George, you're looking down. Your Uncle Billy lost $8,000, and this is horrible, and this is terrible. But I'll tell you what, George, stop looking down. Look around you. Look at this town, what it would be. Look what you've done around here. And so he gets his attention. And so what he did, he got him to look up. But I'll tell you what, that movie fell short. It didn't get him to look up enough. God has given us the 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 words in the scripture. David said in the Psalms, he says, man, when I looked up into the stars and considered your wonder and your glory, I asked myself, who am I that you are mindful of me, that you would care for me, that you would even think about me. And that's what David said. So God tells us to do the same thing, to look up. And isn't that good advice for 2020, folks? As we come to put the end on it, and twenty-one, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, but I'll tell you what I know. Who knows? God says, "I want you to look up, and I want you to not just look up and feel good. I want you to look up to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords, and He will trans transfer. I'm sorry, He will transform your life. Now look at this. Look at Mary. What happened to Mary? Mary, you know, when she started to focus, she focused on God. When their focus changed, their feelings changed. Folks, you cannot ride life by your feelings. Our feelings are sometimes not an accurate gauge. And so you cannot ride by the feelings. You have to look at your focus. Put your focus onto God. And as you put your focus onto God, many times the feelings are, are regained. Let's look at Mary. Everything changed for Mary. I want you to read this with me. Read it with me. Everything changed for Mary when she focused on God's promises. When she started to believe the promises of God, when she focused on it, it changed. She went from greatly troubled to, hey, I am going to cooperate. The angel had given her uh, some news and gave her some other facts to help her understand. And this is what the angel says. Luke 1.37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Read that with me. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Listen, I want you to catch that because for Mary, how, is it, how are you going to do this? Like, I'm just a kid. I've never even done it. And you want me to have a baby and what? God says with him, nothing will be impossible. And I want you to catch this. In your life, what God is trying to accomplish, nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Oh, it doesn't mean that God will change your circumstances. God never guaranteed to change your circumstances. But he tells you that I will be with you. And he says that nothing will be impossible. This is what he told Mary. Then Mary said, look how she responds. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Here I am. I'm just a servant. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. she says, yes, i 'm going to go along with that." So she goes from confusion to celebration. She prays a prayer, and she it 's known as the magnificent I mean you, you go read it. it is because she just magnifies the lord and she says luke one hundred forty eight that he has regarded the lowly estate of his main, of his maid servant for behold, from here on out." All generations will call me blessed. Do you realize that 2,000, more than 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Mary? We're calling her blessed? You know, do you think anybody will talk about me in 2,000 years? I hope not, because it won't be blessed. They'll be like, do you remember that guy? He never knew how to end on time. That's what they'll remember about me, Right? Mary, you're calling her blessed. It's like, wow, here's, here's God. Uh, and look what God did. And so she, she was transformed. Let's look here at uh, what happened to Joseph, alright? Uh, everything changed for Joseph. When did everything change for Joseph? When he focused on God's plan. Read that with me. Everything changed for Joseph when he focused on God's plan. You know, Joseph had tremendous hurt. He had tremendous pain. And at this point, he he chooses to focus in on God's plan, not his not his pain. Remember, how's he got to deal with this and all the betrayal and all the hurt and all the pain? Matthew 1.20, look what, what the Scriptures tell us. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, you'd have to have an angel talk to you, wouldn't you? You'd have to have, like, I'd have to have an angel hit me with a two-by-four. And this is what happened. The angel got a hold of him. And the same angel comes to them and says, listen, do not be afraid. For I, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is doing his work. What about the shepherds? The shepherds changed. When, when did things change for the shepherds? Let me tell you when it changed for the shepherds. Whenever they looked up, when they looked up. See, that's what God wants us to do is to look up. Everything changed for the shepherds when they looked up. Read it with me. Everything changed for the shepherds when they looked up. Over in Luke 2, verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were sore afraid. Remember that in the, uh, in the old... Remember, Charlie Brown read it like that? The sore afraid. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, that which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with great haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger and when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. Oh my goodness. They went out, and the scripture tells us goes on in verse twenty says that they went out and boldly proclaimed and told people what they had saw. These were the shepherds, and as they looked up and they they, they were afraid at first, but they kept listening, and they followed and they did what God told them to do everything changed for the wise men when did it change for the wise men when they met jesus when they met jesus will you read that with me tonight everything changed i think it's coming there we go everything changed for the wise men when they met jesus you know that's what god wants us to do is to meet jesus it really is that's what christmas is all about christmas isn't about the manger yes the manger's a big yeah yeah this is where it happened that's about you coming and humbling yourself before god and meeting jesus that's what happened to the wise men look at verse uh, matthew chapter 2 when they heard the king uh, when they heard that the king had departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and when they had come into the house now check this out when they came into the house This is why it's two years, folks. He's no longer at the manger. He's at the house. When they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And, folks, when you meet Jesus, he demands a response. He's calling you to worship him, to fall down. You see, when we do this, when we look up, we can see the greatest gift. Jesus has offered to you a gift this Christmas. He offers you a gift, and that greatest gift is life, eternal life. He said in in Matthew chapter 1, for he will come, when when the angel's telling Joseph, he says, listen, he will come and he will save his people from their sins. Uh, This is the fulfillment of what the prophet said 700 years earlier from the prophet Isaiah. He says, and there will be a sign, and the virgin will give birth. To a child, and you will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Folks, the gift that God offers you is Himself. You can't find the greatest gift of Christmas you won't find under a tree. You won't get it on Amazon, you won't get it at the mall. You will only get it through Jesus Christ. He is the gift of Christmas. And he says, My name is Emmanuel, God with you. Folks, do you know what that means for God to be with you? It means when you're going through pandemic, God is with you. Maybe you're watching online or you're here in the building tonight and God has called us to to uh to keep him. He's given us the gift of eternal life and he's called us, he says, Listen, you will be uh, my name is emmanuel. I will stay with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you You know, the answer to loneliness is a relationship with jesus You can be in the same room You can be in a room by yourself and and think that there's nobody else there But when you have jesus he said I will never leave you. I will never forsake you He says I Am emmanuel god with you and folks, this is what you need. This is what I need for the next year Actually, this is what you need for the next day, for every day of your life. Emmanuel, God with us. God left heaven and he came to this earth. And if that were the end of the story, it would be a nice homework movie. This is no homework movie. That little baby, the Luke chapter 2, tells us that he grew in wisdom and stature. All points like all of us do, he grew. And then... Uh, Luke continues on, shows us his public ministry, how he became, how he went out into ministry. And he started to do miracles and and he touched people and he changed people and he taught and people's lives were transformed. And then we read the story about how they took him and they took him to a cross. And this sonless, this perfect, sinless son of God. They take his hands and they put his, put a hand through through, through, put a nail through his hand And they put another nail through his other hand They put, put a nail through his feet And they put him on, a, on the worst crucifixion That's known as the Roman crucifixion It's just a terrible way to die And, and, and they He pays for your sin And Romans says this That the wages of sin is death and You know what Jesus did? He He was human he left heaven. He, he 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 got tired like I do. He got hungry like I do. He got he got he knows all the pains he he lived in a dark world like you did. He paid for my sin. He paid for your sin. And this is no Hallmark story, folks. This is real. And it is documented because not only did he die. They put him in a tomb for 3 days. Three days, three nights later, he rises from the dead. And he is seen of more than 500 witnesses. He goes and he's talking to people for the next 40 days before he sends into heaven. And he conquered death. And he says that the wages of sin is death. And Jesus said, step aside. I was a baby. I know all about the life you live. I grew up. I was a teenager. I grew up to be a man. And I never once sinned, and I said, step aside, Ken, let me pay for your sin. And he paid for my sin, he does the same for you. He says, step aside, let me pay for your sin. And Jesus did that, and look what he says here in the verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, read it with me. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Eternal life comes by trusting him. You don't earn it. You can't, you can't be a good person. You, like, listen, a gift you can't earn. My kids, I love my kids, man. There's going to be gifts. We're having all kind of fun tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, they can't earn one of those. I don't tell my kids, hey, you know, if you're good enough, you'll get a Christmas gift from dad. No, they get the gift either way. And God says, listen, I'm giving you a gift and all you have to do is open it. You know, if I give my kids a gift tomorrow and they never open it, boy, what a sad story, isn't it? They would not enjoy the gift. And God says with you, eternal life is a gift. He wants you to open it. And here's how you open it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. So on this Christmas Eve, 2020, darkest year in our history of our history I want you to take Jesus and I want you to have that gift of eternal life and I want you to to let him guide you I want you to let him give you the transformation like he did Mary like he did Joseph like he did the shepherds like he did the wise men and like he did Paul and like he did Peter and like he did Ken Barner because he made a difference in my life and I can tell you I'm an eyewitness testimony of the greatest king of kings who transforms lives because he took this little kid from Dormont and he transformed me and, and God is still transforming me but it's by his power, amen? Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to invite you to Jesus. I want to invite you to, to pray and trust him. He, he died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He who knew no, he who knew no sin became sin for us. So I want to invite you today to trust Him, to call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you call upon Him right now? Whether you're online or you're here in the building, would you just pray with me? And just quietly pray and just say, call on Him something like this. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I admit to you that I have done wrong things. I've fallen short of your standard of perfection. But today, on this Christmas, I give you my heart. I open that gift of eternal life. Jesus, you died on the cross. You were buried. You rose again. You paid for my sin. And I invite you into my heart and life right here, right now. Thank you, God, for giving me life. It is a wonderful life with you. And before I close in prayer tonight, if you just prayed that prayer tonight and you just trusted Christ as your Savior, uh, in this building or online, we'll have a thing online. You can hit raise a hand online. Um, if, if that's you, you prayed with me tonight, uh, would you just raise your hand in the building? And I'll remember you in a closing prayer and those online as well. If you just raise your hand. I'm just You prayed with me tonight. Pastor Ken, I trusted Christ. God bless you. Are there others out there? God bless you. Just put your hand up and down balcony, downstairs, everywhere. God bless you tonight. I know God is moving and he's working in your heart and soul. And many people have opened their hearts just now. And we praise God for that. Father God, I pray you'll be with each one of us, Lord, as we come to know you personally, to grow this relationship. Lord, I pray for each one that raised their hand tonight and those that didn't raise their hand but did pray. God, I pray you'll do something powerful in their heart and soul. God, I pray you'll take each, each one of us and grow us, Lord. Um, Father, for those that have been following you, but, man, they've, they've just fallen on hard times because of the hard times. Their focus has not been on you. Their focus has been on the problems. Lord, I pray you'll take us to that place to look up today, that we will look up to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. Thank you, God, for what you did. In your name we pray. Amen you prayed this prayer with me tonight, I have a gift for you. On the way out the door, there's a table just to the left of the door. You'll see it just as you're heading out the, the, the main exit door out of the, out of the lobby there. Uh, there's a little brown book. It, it looks like it's wrapped up in, in brown paper. It says, the best gift. I want you to take that. This will be your step of faith. You just take it. Nobody's going to ask your name. Nobody's going to ask anything. You just take it. In here, it'll, it'll help you understand more what I just talked about, having a relationship with God. And, uh, and then it has the, the life of Jesus. It's an eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. John was an eyewitness account. And John has given us 21 chapters of the eyewitness account of Jesus. I want to encourage you, take this thing and, uh, and just take it, take it home, put it in your pocket. You can read it at your leisure. There's 21 chapters. You can read one chapter a day, and this will change your life. Aren't you thankful to be here tonight? thank God, right? Let's thank God
5: tonight.
4: At this time, let's take our candles. We're going to close our service with singing Silent Night. We'll take the lights down and we're going to start to light up our candles. The candles will, there'll be people coming to light around you there. And uh, just spread the love around the room. The light around the room, right? As we sing together. stand together, all right? Ta-da. at all that light, folks. This is what God says we are. We're the light of the world. He is the light of the world. He starts it in us, and then we carry it around. And I want you to know, with a group of people like this, this town can be turned upside down for Jesus. You go out there and let that light shine. And now I'm going to ask you to do in good pandemic fashion, to put your hand so that you don't blow germs, okay? Thank you. Folks, I want to thank you for coming tonight. God has been so good. Amen. We uh, we're excited about that birthday gift to Jesus. The offering boxes are on the wall. You can also give online or give through the mail. We will not be here Saturday. No Saturday service, but we will be here Sunday. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Thank God. Here's my buddy. Whoa.